This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. This week, we talked to Steve Young about leaving his cushy job in the Bay Area to build his own revenue streams through iOS applications and podcast sponsors. Find out how he booked his first sponsor before hitting viability. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Steve Young, the host of Mobile App Chat. He's also an iOS developer coming out with 
a new app, OSnap,、uh, in the near future. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about what it was like when you were starting out. Yeah, so I started the podcast back in May of last year, 2013, and I was still at a full time job. And it wasn't until maybe like six months after starting the podcast, where there was a good amount of listeners and everything else, that I started thinking about an end date at the full time job. And so I said, Okay, December 31st. It seems like a nice round number. I'll leave then. End up leaving a little bit after January, but I put an end date in mind and I said, okay, that's where I'm committing to. So I think it helps to have an end date and say that's when I'm leaving. But you know, Michael, like even when I had the end date, this was back in like August, I was like, all right, I have an end date. And it was like late August. And it wasn't until I hired a business coach that sort of helped me through the process of how I was going to make up my income. That really helped me to figure out okay, here are some things I need to put into place so that I can leave that full time job. And so I think the end, plate, end date is good, but it's also good to have a plan because I was at a point where I knew where I was and I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And then having a business coach kind of just walk me through like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to make up the income? And I just thinking about all these questions made me realize that, you know, I need to do some consulting. I need to develop my apps and I need to do the podcast to generate some income. And so I started thinking about all this stuff and then everything snowballed into that. So, what were some of the things that、uh, the business coach kind of brought to the table that made you feel、um, maybe more secure in, in making the leap? Yeah. So, she was saying, like, how much do you want to make when you leave? And I said, well,、uh, 10 grand would be great, right? I think that would be a perfect number. And she's like, okay, great. How are you going to make that 10 grand? I was like, well, I'm going to sell some info products and I'm going to do my apps. And that's how that's going to make up the 10 grand.、And、she's like, okay, great. Five grand each. All right. How many downloads do you need to get for your apps? I said, well, if I sell it for a dollar, about 5,000. I was like, great. Okay. How can you get those 5,000 downloads? And you know, you walk through this, okay, how, 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 how are you going、right. to do all this stuff? And I started thinking about myself and said, wow, like, I don't know if I can generate 5,000 off the bat. Like, that's pretty, that might, I might be able to do it, but that's sort of a gamble for me. And so I don't want to bet on that and say, I'm going to be able to do that. And so I started thinking about consulting and being like, oh, I could probably consult because I had a couple of clients on the side while I was at a full time job just consulting. So I said, okay, well, this seems like a natural extension that I could probably pick up a couple of different clients for that. And then I started thinking, well, I have a good amount of listeners on my podcast. Why don't I try to figure out if I can get sponsors for this podcast too? And so I started reaching out to different sponsors. And I landed a few sponsors. And so everything spiraled after that conversation. Just that one conversation alone, thinking about how I was going to do everything, led me down the path of okay, I've got sponsorships now. I've got a mastermind that I run. And I also have some consulting clients that make up for all the income. Yeah. And that's kind of the situation that、uh, a lot of us are in. I mean, I still do consulting.、Um, I know Matt and Joelle have, have done some. So. Um, I'd love to, to hear kind of you've diversified. How do you manage your time、uh, between the podcast, the consulting,、um, the iOS development? What takes priority and what do you do at the beginning of each week to make sure everything gets done? Yeah, so there's this great app. I just interviewed the founder. It's called Neo and it's G N E O. And it's a $10 app, but it's well worth the money. And you, it's a to do list app. And what you do is you put your to do list things down and then you say important or urgent. Right. You have to mark one of those two things down and it puts it into a quadrant where it says all the important urgent stuff are in one, one box. Everything else is all layered into the box. And so it helps me think through that process. But I try to batch everything up. And so I only do podcast interviews on Wednesdays. And that's it. 
And so I publish three episodes a week. Obviously, that's a lot. And so I need to batch everything up. And what I've got, what I've been good at now is I'll record everything on Wednesdays. And then I hire, I have a couple of people under me that will help me with the show notes and then put together the blog posts for the podcast as well. And so I batch up all the edits and everything else, the intros, the outros, all on like probably usually around a Friday or Saturday night. I'll do two weeks worth of episodes. And so that helped me. Like before, when I first started out, I used to do every week. I plan out the whole week and I would have to do every week. And that just sucked, right? Like every Sunday night, I'd be doing it. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. And so I try to batch up two weeks now. And I like to get to a point where I do like three to four weeks so that for a month, like a whole month, I don't have to worry about ever touching the podcast just on all autopilot. But right now, two weeks seems like a good amount of time. That's great because you're also you're releasing something every single week. Well, for you, you're releasing three weeks. So you're always out there in front of people. Right. Um, which, but you're not necessarily doing all that work at that time, um, which I think is key. I mean, we've seen it with content marketing. You can write. You don't have to release it as soon as you finish it. Right. Um, this kind of slow churn uh, definitely works so people know that you're active. Um, what other kind of how do you manage the consulting? Because sometimes with consulting, that last minute change comes up. Have you had that happen? How do you deal with it? Yeah. So luckily for me, my consulting is more like content marketing and marketing based. And so while there are times when things happen and things change. So I just I had an exclusive with the Flappy Bird developer. And if you guys aren't familiar, Flappy Bird, it's that hit game. And the guy just pulled it down. But I reached out to the guy and I, I was like, hey, can I do a quick podcast interview with him? He's like, no, my English is not very good, but I'll do a written one. And I happened to land him as an exclusive. So that took up a lot of time in terms of like, oh, you know, it's very time sensitive stuff. But a lot of the other things I do for my consulting clients are more like I can schedule out. And so I'll pick a day that's more just consulting based. It's like, that's all I do for that particular day. And another day is just podcasts. And another day is just for apps. And usually the app stuff generally happens late at night when I can just put things into place. But I have different days set, set up so that one day is for certain things. And you know, Michael, like part of me leaving the job was to spend more time with the kids. So one day, one or two days out of the week, I'm usually just dad too. And so I'll try to line up a few calls here and there just to get things by as I'm with my one-year-old daughter and she knows she's not going to make too much noise so I can get on a quick call with somebody. But other de- other times I try to just be dad. And so it's about like putting, structuring your days and your weeks to what, to, to the different activities. So what does your um, breakdown kind of look like across everything? Um, you know, how much of your time is going into the podcast versus consulting versus the apps you're working on versus your family. Um, because the thing that we struggle with a lot and that I think a lot of people struggle with is that filling your time is a pretty easy thing to do. Um, and you wind up with not as much left over to put towards, you know, building out your, your bigger, longer vision projects because the more immediate stuff takes up all your time. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's about, I still struggle with this too, because a lot of times I want to work on a few things and you know is it like long-term future like where i wanted to go and so i think it's about really i mean it's it's a hard thing to do so what i do from a family perspective is we have a day out of the week with my wife and i we just say it's family day like we can't work because we're usually working on the weekends because one of us isn't working during the weekdays and so one of us picks it up on the weekends and so one day out of the weekend we usually say that's just family day like we can't plan any work activities anything else besides just family stuff and then you know it's also around that dinner time 
six to eight, we turn everything, we try to turn everything off in terms of the work stuff. And so usually we'll be up like nine after the kids are in bed and doing some work. And so it's, it's figuring out the day and everything, everybody's gonna be different, but I think it's important. Like I could probably pick up a few more consulting clients if I wanted, but I had to say no, because I knew that would take up some of the time that I needed for my apps and for my other long-term businesses than, you know, the quick buck here and there just to pick up a few consulting clients. So it's saying no to the right things and saying yes to the things that, you know, you want to be doing, you know, six months from now, five months from now, things like that. So long-term, what is your plan with the business? I think it's about, it's, it's both. And so I'm, I'm a type of guy who I like different revenue streams. I'm not, I don't want just one being reliant on it. Like I've seen different app developers make it be successful, being independent, not raising any money. But at the same time, I don't want to be completely reliant on the Apple store, on the app store. And so it's podcasts and through the podcasts, I mean, there's just different things that are coming out of it. I'm building a membership site. I have a mastermind that's about 20 people right now and then sponsorships and then also with apps. And so I think long-term, that's where I see myself still building the apps and still focused on the app space, but then growing out the podcast a little bit more. As the podcast grows, I'm able to charge more for the sponsors. As the podcast grows, I'll have more people with a membership site. As the podcast grows, I'll be able to better monetize my apps because I'm learning from different people as well. So I think it's all essentially focused on the podcast, but then there's different things that can come out out of the podcast as well. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how long you were doing the podcast before you were, you started monetizing it. Yeah, it was, I think it was about six months. So downloads wise, I was probably about 8,000 a month and that's not a lot. Like it really isn't. And so, you know, I've heard different people around that mark and I talked to a lot of different podcasters. So it was around that mark, six months down the road. And it wasn't until I didn't start thinking about sponsorships until I said, Oh, I'm leaving my full-time job. I better make up some money. And so I reached out to a couple of different companies. I reached out to 99designs just because I happen to know them. And I said, hey, here's what I'm doing. It's about eight to 10,000. I could probably grow it to 10,000 if I'm able to monetize and spend a little more money on advertising. And yeah, and so I started thinking about that and she, they were like, okay, sure. Like I'll, I'll do a $500 test with you guys, with, with me. And it's like, great, I got, I got one. And then you know I was able to get a few more people just listening to other different podcasts and say, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. And now people are reaching out to me. But it wasn't six months down the road till I started thinking like I actually have to make some money out of this podcast that I started saying, okay, I'll probably bring up bring some podcasts. And because I'm so niche into mobile apps, it makes more sense for me to reach out to like an app development company or 99designs that where they do design work. So it makes sense for me when I'm niche to reach out to these specific companies and say, here's, here's, here's the deal. And are you willing to sponsor the podcast? So what have you found that you can make per, is it per thousand listeners? How does it, how does it work? Yeah, the math is about $43 per CPM. And so roughly it came out to be when I did the calculation, if I did it at that, it was like 460. I was like, ah, just rounded up to 500, right? And for 10,000. And so that's all I really did with it. But I think that's about the math. And it, being niche, I'm actually going to increase the CPM in Q2. And so after the, the lesson I learned was, all right, I'm able to find a couple of different sponsors, but I used to go month by month. And so 99designs canceled on me after just one month. And they're like, hey, our Q4 is booked. Like, we don't have anything else. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I don't want to sound like a, I don't want to sound like a failure to my audience. I had a sponsor. Now I don't have a sponsor. And so that was worrisome to me. 
But then in Q1, they came back and then they booked all of Q1 and now they, they booked all of Q2. And so I was like, OK, I'll just keep you guys at this rate, but I'm going to charge more for new new sponsors who want to come on and say, here's this much, because I know the audience is super engaged and I know the audience is so niche around apps. If people want to come in, it's going to make a lot of sense for them. So I think being niche really helps me out a lot. How did you go about approaching the sponsors for the podcast? So I think if you're just starting out and you're not sure about doing it, I would say, how do I, you know, like, how do I make this a win for you? So I try to always make it a win for them as well. And that it makes sense for the audience. So it needs to be a win, 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 win for me, win for the audience and win for the sponsor. And so the easiest way would be like, Hey, I heard you guys on a different podcast. Would love to see because it makes sense for my audience would love to see if this makes sense for you. And then say like, you know, if it doesn't, I'll give you your money back. Like I'll just give back to you. But I think it, I think it would work. And so let's, let's do a test run. And so, you know, they can't, they can't say no to that. And that's what I did with 99 designs. I was like, Hey, can you guys book a quarter for Q1? And like, look, Steve, I, we're not sure yet. You know, this might not work. Let's just, let's just keep month by month. I said, forget it. I don't feel like looking for another sponsor. I don't feel like spending that time and energy. Why don't I just run the ads? And if it doesn't make sense from you guys, if you're not seeing any type of sales, I'm, you don't have to pay me. And luckily in January, they saw a huge spike in sales and they're like, Hey, we love you. Let's go Q2. And so they booked the whole Q1 and Q2. And so that's one easy way of just saying like, Hey, I just, let's, let's, let's do a quick test and I'll give you your money back if it doesn't work out. That's great. So um, one of the things that we talk a lot about is is reaching out to your peers and talking to your heroes. Um, you're talking to three people a week. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear how that has influenced some of um, of how you approach, say, marketing or app development. Um, what have you been able to learn from those people? Oh, man, Michael. I mean, everything, everything. <laughs> talking to you, you know, like and everybody else like my heroes just people like andrew warner is a big influence on me and i had a, i got to interview him i got to have drinks with him i got to play poker with him like all these things that have happened was because i i started this podcast right and i think anyone who's thinking about either you know writing a blog or starting a dribble account to kind of show their work or writing on medium or starting a podcast i would say go do it because it's the most awesome thing that I've ever done. And you don't have to be an expert in anything. Like my apps were generating just a few hundred dollars a month when I started the podcast. I was like, I'm not an expert, but hey, I'm going to learn from these people. I'm going to ask the right questions because I'm going through this. Let me see if I can learn a lot from them. And so I've learned so much, so many different things. Like I knew a little bit about app store optimization, which is SEO for the app store, but I don't, I didn't know as much as I do now. Like I can tell you anything and everything about this and just having the focus of like wanting to learn from different people. I mean, I think your listeners will be really engaged and also you'll learn a lot from it. So I've got to meet a ton of great people and my network has just grown so much ever since starting the podcast. And the fact that I do it, I don't just do a weekly show. I know you guys do a weekly show, but if you're trying to just build your platform through the podcast, I was just trying to do two weeks, two times a week. That's what I did. I, did. I started out twice a week and then I bumped it up when I got sponsors to three times a week because I was like, hey, that's how I can get more downloads probably if I just go three times a week. And so that's how I that's why I landed on three. But if you're just trying to build a platform through the podcast, you got to be in people's faces a lot. And if you just do a weekly show, people may forget about you unless you already have a huge following. Interesting. OK, um, so you have a new 
app that you're working on. I hear that you're very close to to finishing it. Tell us a little bit about Osnap and how the idea came about. Sure. Yeah. The so Osnap is a camera app that's completely gesture based. You tap anywhere on the screen and it'll take a picture. And essentially, I came up with this idea because. I was trying to take a picture of my daughter and she was maybe like six, seven months old. She's just napping in my arms and I was just holding her. And I was like, oh, it's such a cute picture. Like, why don't I try to take a picture of her? And I had the, my camera phone like completely angled, but I couldn't find the button to take the picture. And I couldn't reach the plus sign either. So I, I couldn't, I just couldn't take the picture. And so I was like, you know, why do I have to touch anywhere? Like, you know, the Apple model is like, I don't want an on off button, right? Like what's the button for? It's useless. If it's just one functionality, there's no point to it. And so I was like, okay, why don't, why don't I just, make it so that you can tap anywhere so you can shake the phone and it'll swap from rear view to front view you can swipe down and go to your gallery you can swipe right and left and it'll change flash modes and so like there's no navigational buttons everything is completely gesture based and that was the genesis of the idea and it was an idea i had for a long time but it wasn't until i did this thing called an app battle with another podcaster who's in the app space said hey we're gonna do an app battle like we'll both build an app and we'll see which one does better in terms of money and downloads that I started finally building it. And so it wasn't because it was because of this challenge that I started building this app. And now it's like, finally, it's almost done and I'm about to release it. But I've learned a ton through the podcast of how I should build certain certain features, when I should start marketing, things like that. And I'm putting it all into place. And I'm kind of nervous, Michael, to be honest, because it's the first real app I'm launching since the podcast. And now I have an audience. I feel nervous because the listener's like, are you nervous about launching this app? And I'm like, no, not really. He's like, well, it's your first app since you launched this podcast. Don't you have to make it really great? I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> You're probably right. And so I feel a little, a little nervous to make sure that it is actually a successful app. So what's one of the, the big things that you're going to do differently this time around since now you've done the podcast, you've been learning from people. What are you going to change from your first iOS release? Market early. So when I first thought of the idea, I actually reached, I posted a, an ad on Craigslist and I started, I was just like, Hey, I'm looking for a beta tester. Here's the camera app. And I asked like three different questions. Like, do you take selfies? Okay. What's your favorite camera app and something else. And somebody actually responded and I got on a Google hangout with her and I was asking her like, here's my idea. Like, do you think this is a good idea or not? And she's like, yeah, you know what? I do take selfies. And what I do is I, I flip my camera phone to the rear facing view, view so that, because you know, like it's a better resolution. I was like, oh, okay. I always thought selfies you just take with the front facing. But no, I mean, I guess people take it with the rear facing. She's like, you know, I just keep snapping and I just find the best one and I share it into Instagram. And so I also talked to, this was a younger lady too, which made me feel funny because I'm 33. But <laughs> I also talked to an older lady who's more of a mom and, you know, probably in her 40s. And I was like, hey, well, you know, I have this idea. What do you think? And she's like, you know, okay, yeah, it's something here. So she wasn't as happy about it. And I was still solving my needs, so I felt like, okay, well, I should still move forward. And then I also did a lot of pre-marketing, so I've been talking about it on the on the podcast. And I also use a service called Preapps. It's just preapps.com. And you can put the your app idea out there, and people can become very interested or become beta testers too. And so I'm starting the marketing very, very early on and starting to talk to real people early on too. And so next week, it's all about getting some beta testers out there to get their thoughts on this whole app, app idea and what they might change. Do you know, so, what, uh, do you know what you're going to charge for? Yeah, you know what, Matt? I think I'm going to charge probably $199 for it. 
And that just gives me the flexibility to launch at 99 or go free a couple of days. And so I think I've talked to enough indie developers that we didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not raising any money off of this. And so I think I've talked to enough people where we have to charge just to be an indie developer. And so charging at a higher price point allows me, gives me some flexibility to go down some weeks and go free certain others. And so 199, but I'll probably launch at 99. So when you say um, you're marketing early, yeah. uh, can you just give us a little insight into what early is it? Six months? Is it two weeks? Uh, what does early look like for you in terms of your launch date? I think so from, from the podcast, what I've learned is probably about a month, four to six weeks is when you start, start marketing it. And so I, I want to get it to a state where it's, I can get, I can reach out to the press and say, here's what I'm working on. Would you guys like early access to the app? And I didn't, I feel like it's at that state right now. And so next week is all about finding the relevant bloggers out there to see if they'd be interested in some early feedback or get early access to this app. So I would say four to six weeks is when you should do it. And the mistakes that mistake that I've learned through the podcast also is that people tend to like submit the app and, you know, they have a week usually for the Apple and they say, okay, now, now I'm going to start reaching out to people. And so that's, that's not what I'm doing, right? Like you gotta, when it becomes code complete, I'm going to keep it there, probably wait a couple of two to two to four weeks to kind of get, make sure that people are interested and people may want to write it early on too, or people want to cover this app. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, it's, it's so hard to do, um, but it's, it's awesome advice. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you just gotta hold back. And so I'm taking it really slow. Like usually I would just be like, let's push, 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 launch, launch, launch. And now I'm like, okay, let's take it slow. Let's make sure things are right. Let's make sure things are in place before you actually launch, launch. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on here and sharing your insight. Um, tell us where can we keep up with you? Yeah, just go to mobileappchat.com. You'll find all the information you need there. If you want to reach out to me, you can find my email address on there as well. Awesome. And go subscribe to Mobile App Chat. It's a, it's a great podcast. It covers even beyond just app. Um, you'll get marketing tips. It's fantastic. So thanks, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And um, we'll, we'll see you on the web. Cool. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them. Beef don't come with a radio edit. Beef is when the judge is calling you defendant. Beef, it come with a long jail sentence. Hand it down to you in a few short minutes. Beef is when your girl come through for a visit. To tell you how she pregnant. Buy some up a nigga. Beef is high blood pressure and bad credit. Need a loan for your home, but you're too broke to get it. And all your little kids are doing is getting bigger. You're trying not to raise them around these wild niggas. Beef is when a gold digger got Got to see in a, a manicure handout like, pay me, nigga. Ha. Oh, I'm telling your wife, I'm starting up some foul rumor that to ruin your life. Beavers when the gangsta ain't doing it right. And other gangsters done decided what to do with his life. Beavers not what these famous niggas doing a mic. Beavers what 
George Bush would do in a fight. Beef is Miss Wallace, still don't know who shot Biggie. And beef is well to earth not being here with me when a soldier ends his life with his own gun. Beef is trying to figure out what to tell his son. Beef is oil prices and geopolitics. Beef is all right, the West Bank got the script. Some beef is big and some beef is small, but y'all know.